Over the last few Sundays, our gospel reading appointed for each Sunday morning, they've all been from the 22nd chapter of the gospel according to Matthew, and one thread that holds all of those readings together over the last few weeks is that the establishment is challenging Jesus. They want to trip him up, make him say the wrong thing so that people will stop listening to him. And those in power want the people to stop listening to Jesus because he's challenging the status quo. And that's not helpful for them. Remember, Jesus has been going around various towns and villages, and people are listening to what he's saying, and they're observing what he's doing, who he eats with, who he forgives, who he heals, and who he sets free. Jesus is going around inviting people to come and see. Stay in my company. Stay close to me. And you'll see that the kingdom of heaven is breaking into the kingdoms of the earth. And by the time Jesus makes it to the big city, Jerusalem, remember throngs of people are hailing him as king. We celebrate that Palm Sunday each year. And when he goes to the heart of the city, (laughs) wait for a little more light, there it is. When Jesus goes to the heart of Jerusalem, to the heart of Israel's life, to the temple, to the dwelling place of God, remember Jesus rearranges the furniture and he's not an interior decorator. And then he casts out the money changers and he has choice words for the group of leaders who are using their power for their own sake and not for the sake of those that they're called to serve. Power is not the bad thing, how you use it. Jesus makes it clear that they've tied up heavy burdens, they've lorded their power over those they're meant to serve, which is to say they've abandoned the precepts of God's law that they're meant to teach and live by. And our reading, our first lesson from the book of Leviticus, instructs us that God's law is a gift. It's meant to shape a holy people, a people to be a light to all nations. So Jesus tells his followers and curious onlookers to listen to what the Pharisees and the scribes, listen to what they teach, because they're teaching from the law, and the law creates a people who are meant to care for the poor and the needy. The law creates a people who have compassion for the immigrant and the orphan, a people who do not deal falsely with each other, but learn how to speak the truth to one another in love. So Jesus is clear that he's not come to abolish the law. He's come to live it out fully. Jesus's will is one thing only and that is to do the will of God without interruption. Here is the one that we've been looking for, the Holy One of Israel, the one who enacts God's precepts. 
and to respond to his invitation, the invitation he makes to us to follow him, to be his disciples, and to walk in his way of love, is to enter into the movement that turns the world upside down. It's a movement that puts the last first. And those who have an abundance learn to graciously share what they have. It's a movement that has a preferential option for the poor and the forgotten. A movement that builds hope for the immigrant, not cages. A movement that teaches us that the only real power in heaven and earth is the power of love outpoured, foot washing, the way of the cross, laying down our self-interest for the sake of one another. Thy will be done, not mine. Friends, every Sunday, we come together to remember God's love outpoured in the person of Jesus Christ. When we celebrate the Eucharist, we recall that it is a, a memorial of Jesus' passion that outpoured love. So we are heirs of a dangerous memory of the power of outstretched love. And we rejoice every Sunday in the news of the resurrection, God's decisive victory in our world over sin and death. So from now on, to walk in the way of Jesus' outstretched love is to be aligned with the will of God, to stay close to him, and to learn over a lifetime what it is to love God with all that we are. And when we stay close to him, when we stay close to Christ, and we offer ourselves to him in love, we learn how to care for our neighbor because Jesus teaches us to love one another. So stay close to him, you're near the heart of God. Stay close to him, and he'll teach you to love your neighbor. There's simply no other way to follow Jesus. Remember John's first letter. John says, those who say I love God and hate their brother or sister are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. We can't say I love God and separate a nursing baby from her mother on the border. We can't say I love God and not care about the distribution of wealth. We can't say we love God and act like black lives don't matter. We can't say, I love God, and not wear a mask when called for in the midst of a global pandemic. If we say that we love God, if we dare to respond to Jesus' call with our lives, then our lives have to be a blessing to our neighbors. Our lives have to build up, not tear down. Jesus is asked, who, who are these neighbors? And he tells his friends the story of a good Samaritan. Samaritans were despised. He makes a Samaritan an example of being a good neighbor. Jesus turns the categories of this world 
upside down. And in today's gospel reading, we have another powerful person coming to Jesus, trying to trip him up, trying to discredit him so that the status quo can remain. And Jesus tells us that the greatest law, and remember that there are 16, or rather 16, 613 commandments in the Old Testament. Which one's the greatest, teacher? Jesus tells us that the greatest is to love God with all that we have and to love our neighbors. And it should be clear based on what we've explored so far that this isn't just a kind of feel-good, vaguely spiritual sentiment. It's not sort of mom and apple pie, love God, love your neighbor. Rather, it's disruptive. It's costly. It's radical. And it changes everything from the inside out. It creates a new world. And to be a citizen of this new world is to be a part of God's kingdom. And it's bound up for us in our obedience to Christ, our commitment to him, listening to him, trusting in him, and seeing that in what he is doing is the action of God, the God of Israel himself. Because it's through Jesus that God is reshaping the community that he's called to be a light to all the nations. God's refashioning us to be a people who care for the poor and the needy, a people who have compassion for the immigrant and the orphan, a people who act like black lives matter, a people who do not deal falsely with each other, but learn to speak the truth in love. Jesus' work of healing, his work of forgiving, of welcoming people that did not fit into the categories of his day, this is now the work of those who claim to love God. And we promise in our baptism that we'll follow him as our Lord, that we'll seek and serve him in all persons, respecting the dignity of every human being. Friends, we are in the midst of a very important election in our, na- our nation's history. And I think this morning, Jesus is giving us everything we need to stay focused. Everything we need in the days ahead to remain centered and to move forward with grace and with truth. If we'll abide in him, commit ourselves to him and his kingdom, then more and more we'll love God with all that we have and love our neighbors as if our salvation depends on it, because it does. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.